Doc, doc, one, two, three, four, five, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. There you are. That's good. I have a beautiful singing voice. You do. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Aaron and Justin Talk Sequels. I'm Justin. I'm Aaron. And this week we're talking about the Joel Schumacher Batman films. I'm excited to get to this. Batman Forever from 19, what, 95? 95, and Batman and, and Robin. 1997. 1997. Now, I remember seeing Batman and Robin with you in theaters. And we yes. were driving home, and I remember we were in the car, really trying to convince ourselves that it was a good film. <laughs> That's what I remember. <laughs> yeah, and back then we decided that they were the worst and they ruined the franchise yeah but maybe. it was difficult to come to that realization because we it were still young right. and it was our and it was movies we loved you know it was a character we loved so it was it was difficult to see it not good so here's the question though yeah. looking back uh and now with more adult eyes were we wrong are these movies classics well let's get into it mm. <laughs> that's the so, that's the question as we talked about a little last week, Batman Forever really, really feels like a Tim Burton movie still. Yeah. Um, he still produced it. He produced and it. He and he pretty much chose Schumacher to direct, right? Yes, he absolutely chose his replacement. And between watching Batman Forever and watching batman and robin you can see that there's a different influence on batman forever yeah um like only a little bit of schumacher is showing and there's a lot of burton still showing right um and i mentioned it last week and i'm gonna say it again vel kilmer feels less like a batman and more like a stand-in for michael keaton almost well that's the thing about batman forever to me is that it feels like a continuation of Burton's of a yeah of Burton's Batman, whereas Michael Keaton should have been in the movie, but he decided not to do it because Burton wasn't directing. So when Val Kilmer was hired, I feel that Kilmer was like, uh, "You want me to finish Michael Keaton's storyline, basically? So I'm just gonna be Michael Keaton Batman, and that's kind of how he does. I mean, he does it in his own Val Kilmer style, but he." He generally feels like he's just trying to do what Michael Keaton had already done with the character. Um, Reading our favorite online resources, uh, Keaton was actually still signed on with Schumacher. And it wasn't until the second rewrite of the script where Keaton was like, I don't like this anymore. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. So he just Um, wasn't down with the story. And they were really big on... William Baldwin, that was Schumacher's guy. He wanted him in this and Batman and Robin. And then Ethan Hawke was a serious contender, but he never went anywhere. Interesting. Yeah, I think Kilmer does a good job. I mean, I think he... You know, because we were talking about Batman and Batman Returns and how Batman's never the star of those movies. Um, I do think that Batman Forever gives Bruce Wayne more of the story. Like, it really tried to go into how he's dealing with being both Batman and Bruce Wayne. And yes. And how that echoed Two-Face's role almost, you know, that he was two, that he was two sides to Two-Face. Batman was 
two sides to himself. Although he didn't really... There wasn't a battle of wits with Two-Face over that issue, which is strange. There was more of a battle of wits over with the Riddler with the fact that Batman was both Bruce Wayne and Batman because the Riddler is the one he talks to at the end saying, um, the answer is that I am both. I am both Batman and I am both Bruce Wayne. That's the conundrum or something like that. Where he has that final thing with the Riddler, which I just thought was funny, because I'm like, shouldn't he be talking to Two-Face about this, or is that just too on the nose? Maybe it's just that's, too on the nose. That's a really good point, and <clears throat> um, I mean, that's that's a very deep thought, so way to go, but as I've been trying to do with the previous movies, so plot one, mm-hmm. this one, this is where we start branching out with the plots, I think, because yeah. the plots were pretty simple before, there was really a... A plot and a B plot, and then Batman just hanging out in the plots. Yeah, Batman reacting to the two plots driving the story along, is how the first two movies really worked. And, I mean, we still get a lot of that here, because this is the movie... Wait, was Batman Forever the movie, or was it Batman Returns, where we're introduced to Batman with him just sitting on the couch waiting for something to do? That was Batman Returns. Yeah, Where are we like introduced Bruce Wayne with... is literally just waiting. Uh, in Batman Forever, he appears as Batman because Two-Face has um, robbed this bank and he's taken a hostage. And Dr. Chase Meridian, played by um, what, uh, Nicole Kidman Nicole and Goodman, uh, yeah, sorry. Commissioner Gordon, are literally down with the people below the big building and Batman comes... Whoosh, grand entrance in so he's already batman right off the top yep and we see we're, we see him reacting to two-faces story right um no harvey and Dent, she Two-Face. is so horny for him right off the top oh my god it's ridiculous <laughs> like she wants the bat yeah and she wants the bat sausage is that appropriate bat sausage, <laughs> sausage. um but uh somebody's so eating bat this... sausage be like hey come on it's really good Anyway, uh, this movie originally started with Harvey Dent, Two Face breaking out of Arkham, and yeah. that's a deleted scene somewhere. I think I've um, seen that deleted scene. It was, it's like on the DVD or something. Yeah, the chances are it's somewhere or part of it um, was shot. Yeah, and then yeah, we go with Two Face's robbery hostage situation. Yep. Um, now, do we know why? He's doing that. Uh, Batman and Robin's fresh in my head, but Batman yeah, I Forever's don't not. think so. I think this is just um, he definitely blames Batman for his accident, which caused him to become Two Face. So I think this is both him just doing bad guy stuff, like robbing a place, taking a hostage, but also trying to get Batman's attention because he wants yes. to kill Batman. So I think because that's what all this is about. Two Face's goal is to go after the Bat. Yeah, He's his is pretty in- clear. Yes. He hates Batman. And then we get Edward Nigma. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's hot for Chase Meridian. Oh, yeah, hijacks the event and threatens to detonate a bomb unless Batman surrenders himself. I'm going through the plot. <laughs> yeah, so we meet uh, Edward Nigma, who works for Wayne Enterprises. Yes. Uh, but he's working on some brain device, which Bruce thinks is too dangerous because it could manipulate brainwaves and. Yeah. He wanted it. He wanted. He was interested in it at first, but I think he was just given Edward the runaround. And then once Edward asked for a straight answer, he was like, "Well, no." 
So then now he hates Bruce Wayne. Now he hates Bruce Wayne. Now, is this the first time we get Wayne Enterprises? I, it's possible, but I do think in Batman Returns, Bruce brought it up when he was talking to Max Shrek. Yeah, yeah, like, they started, Bruce Wayne started to be more of a Bruce Wayne character in Batman Returns. Yeah. And now we see him really investing in the Bruce Wayne character by actually being active at the corporation where he could just be a rich kid. Right, which is a nice addition because he was just living like some, he wasn't like a playboy, rich playboy, I don't think. He didn't, because like Christian Bale definitely played that up in the movie, in his movies, but like he's just rich and he has a butler. Like he's just literally Adam West, you know, that kind of Batman. Yeah. There's no, we don't know why he has money. (laughs) He just does. So yeah, anyway, so in, in, yeah, introducing Wayne Enterprises I thought was a good move in this movie. Shows why he has money and he does, like he has an office. What do you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so for the first time, more, Batman's more of a character. Yep. Um, because he's directly being targeted by one of the bad guys. Yep. So Nygma kills his boss and basically tries to go into business for himself. Once he realizes that the thing he created doesn't just put images into your brain, it also takes information out. So he realizes he could steal brainwave information. Yeah. Yes, get, stealing rich, brainwaves. Yeah. Um, something the Schumacher films do really well, and the Burton ones, actually, but they tell a really good comic book story. Yes. Like, this is a movie that would adapt itself really well to a comic. Yes. I, every scene to me, like none of these scenes and dialogue would exist in Batman, right? In the first right. movie. Could you see any of these scenes existing with um, Jack Nicholson? Like that no. was a real movie, you know what I mean? Like it felt like it had actual scenes, like in the way that an adult film is made. Whereas Batman Forever and way more so Batman and Robin, it literally feels like comic book scenes. Like nobody talks like that in the real world. None of the angles or the way you would see anything in this scene would ever look like that in the real world. Um, So I give Schumacher credit in that whether you like it or not, he was ahead of his time. I think this is like the quintessential... Like, he almost began the 90s uh, look of the way action movies are cut and shot. Like, I, don't, I can't think of another movie that came out before Batman Forever that had this kind of style to it, and for good or bad. The, sh- the shots in these movies are unsettling, if that's the right word. Yeah, maybe. Like, every time, <laughs> every time you get a shot of the city, like, he's got every camera tilted just a little yeah to the side and it's like is this the schumachery feel like yeah. i haven't watched his movies in forever it's a dutch angle as they call it i don't know why the dutch get credit for that angle but they do um <laughs> if that's what it means i don't know it sounds a little rude like well, yeah right eh, they just call it a dutch angle it's a nice shot but it's a little crooked so it's very dutch and yeah, really i think he we love you dutch he really uh looked at the old adam west show because they do that all the time in that show, every every villain's camera was sideways, basically. It was all off. Really? You know, yeah. So this is very much indebted to the show. You know, because he wanted to go in a little more family... I don't know if he wanted to, but he thought it was a good idea, at least, to go in a more family-friendly, more colorful, you know, 
direction the, for the films. However, there's still a lot of adult, you know, stuff going on with these films as well. Well, at least right. this movie. The colors are definitely him. And again, the Schumacher cut of this movie is supposed to be like two hours and 40 minutes or so. No, that's and too long. I can't watch that. It's supposed to be a lot darker. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think like, he should own it. He shouldn't. Well, I guess he died, so. I, I know there's a lot of backpedaling <laughs> from Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, and we'll get into that more with Batman <coughs> and Robin, but and his unmade third mm-hmm. Batman movie. But yeah, he claims that he angered a lot of hardcore Batman fans yeah. and wanted the third movie to really go back to the right tone of darker and grittier. Right. I don't believe it, though. I don't either. <laughs> so, yeah, the Riddler is on his way to becoming the Riddler. He hooks up with Two-Face because he finds him interesting and and he thinks he can help Two-Face and Two-Face can help him. So they join up. So, you know, Batman in Returns created the dual villain team-up. And then I think that's now the Batman formula. So then Batman Forever did the same thing. Oh, we have two villains, they team up. And that's how we drive the story forward. And so this introduces... Uh... Not only the team up, but the team up where one villain is after regular guy, one villain is after Batman. Yes. And right. you'll see that pattern repeated mm-hmm. a couple of times. Well, once, but then a planned second time. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but in between, or just before uh, Two Face and Riddler meet, uh, Batman goes to the circus. Yes. With you Chase Meridian for the first date, you take your uh, your girl to the circus, and actually that would be kind it's of a fun first date. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty good. <laughs> that would be clever. <laughs> uh, so points for Bruce. Um, but there we're introduced to the Flying Graysons with their youngest son, their youngest boy Dick. Dick sporting some colorful high flying Robin outfits. I thought a clever way to introduce the Robin suit. You know what I mean. Because it's a little dorky looking, so how are you going to put that into this movie? And I thought that was pretty clever. Oh, yeah. Well, it's basically the original show from the 60s. That's the outfit. And yeah, making them trapeze trapeze are great. Right. Uh, And so, uh, basically, Two-Face has a big bomb. He's going to blow everybody up unless Batman surrenders himself. And uh, the Graysons. Val Kilmer immediately wants to do. He is just like, I'm Batman, everybody. Nobody hears him. Maybe there's one person that's just like, I swear he just said he was Batman. Did you hear that? Yeah, uh, Chase Meridian, who's in love with the Batman, is sitting right next to him and has no idea that her date is screaming at the top of the So that's not working. So he's like, all right, fine. I guess I'll just go take down some thugs. And uh, yeah, Dick jumps into gear and he gets the bomb into the river and saves everybody. But his family's killed. Is sadly, sadly killed. By Two-Face. Um, so, <coughs> Val Kilmer, when this movie was made, was 35? Yeah. Uh, yeah, roughly 35. And Chris O'Donnell, who plays Robin, who becomes an orphan. And he's supposed to be like 18 or something. 17 maybe 
You know, to be a ward, you probably uh, got to be he, under eighteen. Is my I think thought. you need to be under eighteen. Yeah. And he was twenty five, so you know, it's not too it's bad at least. Not too bad. That'll change with Batman and Robin when yeah. they're only a few years apart. But uh, so yeah, Robin comes and lives with Bruce because Bruce. He's got a sucker for orphaned boys. Well, apparently. his parents were killed by a maniac. Now, his parents, you know, Dick's parents are killed by a maniac. Obviously, the connection there, he feels for him. Uh, <clears throat> so, Robin goes and lives with Batman. Robin quickly discovers that Batman is Batman. Uh, steals the Batmobile. Drives around like a cool kid. Gets in trouble with some thugs. Batman saves him. Wants to join Batman. Batman says no. And then we get to where Two-Face and the Riddler team up. Yep. And, and they Bat- really kind of... And Batman just lets them rob a whole bunch of... Like, where is he? Right. <laughs> like, they point. kind of form an LLC. They yeah. have a nice business plan. Right. Uh, Two-Face is the money guy. Yep. Riddler is the face of the company. And he starts selling his magical box to everybody box. in Gotham. From the Nigma box. Tech. Uh, oh, you forgot another important plot point is that Robin does, uh, he knows, um, karate laundry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever that where, was. Where Alfred, who appears to really like to tinker with suit design, yep. uh, learns that he could be a skilled ally for the Batman. Yeah, I love Alfred, uh, Michael Gao, his performance is, El- you know, he's, him and the commissioner, are they consistent? People right. that make this the four the four movie franchise, you know what I mean. Yes. If it wasn't for them, then you'd probably feel like these were separate movies. But um, yeah, I just his his reaction to <laughs> Chris O'Donnell's karate laundry is just gold. I don't know. He's just great. He's a great <laughs> Alfred. He always and was. It begs the question: Is he responsible for Batman too? Is he responsible for taking a kid that's under his charge, who has obvious demons, and being like, here's a suit that I made for you, sir. Why don't you go and work out some of that energy in the city? In a way, Alfred is a a disturbed puppet master. (laughs) Yes! Like, my argument was that Bruce is a sociopath, but in fact, it's Alfred. I'm glad we came to this, because I was thinking the same thing. He made Batman, Batman, he made Robin, Robin, and then Batgirl comes in the next movie. He's like, hey, you want to be a super fighter? Or a superhero? Crime Which fighter? is even worse, because it's a family member. Yeah, it's his niece. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, you so, lost uh, all your family. Chase Meridian ends up realizing that she loves Bruce. Um, which is great and all, but I, I mean, I don't see like them really, they didn't really have more than like maybe two dates. I don't know. Yeah. But suddenly yeah. she's all about him. So then she doesn't love Batman, which is, for the plot purpose, is really just, I guess, just funny. You know, that, oh, now she doesn't love Batman anymore, but they're the same person. Uh. This is going to be cute when she finds out. But it really, it doesn't really mean much. Except she gets kidnapped because the Riddler tricks Bruce into uh, revealing his... Uh, mind to him right using the box riddler is able to find out that bruce wayne is batman that's exactly so right, he yes. has the key that two-face always wanted like he was like we'll find out who the batman is we'll kill him so now he's got two-face you know even more on his side and uh so they go to bruce they go to wayne manor blow up the Batcave, cave steal 
or uh, kidnap Chase Meridian. Yeah. Yeah, that's yep. exactly there right. You go. So then it all uh, comes to a head at Riddler's Island, Claw Island, where he, I guess, for some reason you'd want your factory built on an island, which just, I don't know, it seems like it'd be awfully expensive to have barges going back and forth delivering truckloads of the box. It's true, but he gets <laughs> points for picking Claw Island. Yeah. The coolest name for an island I've ever heard. Maybe that's a comic reference. I don't. I don't know about it though. I don't know what Claw Island is. Yeah, I'm not, I, I have nothing there either. Um, real quick, worth mentioning: Batman, for the third time in three movies, tells the woman that he's into that he's Batman. Yes. Before she gets kidnapped, it is his thing. And, um, you know, this is that magic moment where Robin dick grayson becomes robin yeah because alfred has made him a fucking suit right a pretty good Uh, pretty good uh version of it you know based on batman's and his trapeze thing they put him together i'm like oh it's pretty pretty good alfred yeah that was a pretty good robin (laughs) suit um and I'm fine with Batman and Robin's Robin no, suit. I'm not. I mean, it looks fine. I mean, it looks good on him. But yeah, they went to Nightwing with it, whereas they could have saved the Nightwing for a later movie. Right. They were already evolving <coughs> into Nightwing and setting that yeah. up with the conflict between Batman. Mm. And, but we're jumping ahead. Yeah, we are. Sorry. So yeah, it all comes ahead at the island, and yep. uh, he has a bat boat. He has another. Has a new bat wing, which. Um, was destroyed or bat plane i don't know what you want to call it i know in the first movie it was called bat wing for some reason the bat wing yeah there was no boat until this one wasn't there no there was a boat in the tv show for sure so well yeah and he had a helicopter but that never pops up um Uh, so yeah robin takes the boat uh batman takes the the wing they both get destroyed they have to have a little underwater battle with some scuba divers they end up on the <laughs> island uh robin gets kid uh captured by two-face because he won't kill him after all even though that's what he, all, the whole reason he wanted to become robin is to kill two-face yep rob robin fights two-face batman fights the riddler right um and then they really quickly get Robin into a cage yep. so that Batman has to choose right. between Chase in a cage and Robin in a cage. And the Riddler is pretty sure that he has to choose one and the other one will die. And yet we learn he didn't have to. He could save both of them. Yes. Because <laughs> he's Batman. Um, <laughs> and at this point, uh, the Riddler has a giant brain because he's been absorbing yeah. all of the brain waves from everybody in Gotham City. And then I guess when Batman destroys his brainwave thing, it like, what does it do? Does it sap all the information from his head, or is it just? It feels no like way it to just goes it? back out yeah. to everybody else. So he like, loses his mind, basically, in some way, really yeah. unexplainable way. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and Batman saves the day. He has a new partner in Robin. They realize we can do this. We can work together. Um, so. Yeah. And we have Two-Face. Uh, Two-Face yes. gets the jump on them, and he flips his coin to decide whether they're going to live or die. But at the at the exact moment when he's about to catch it, Batman throws a bunch of similar coins, yeah. and then he falls. Ah! Apparently to his death? Yeah, But apparently. not? Maybe not. 
because of the events of Batman <coughs> and Robin, we're led to believe that he is still alive. Why? What because happened? his outfit is in Arkham. I agree with you. Why is his outfit? Why is his outfit in Arkham? That has to mean that he survived. I guess so. Because why are you throwing clothes? In but the Robin would prisoner? not be happy to learn that. Although he did say, "I would rather see you in jail." Yeah. So maybe he is okay with that. And uh, that actually wraps up Batman and Batman Forever. Well, at the end, with Chase Meridian, she goes, because Nygma says that he knows who Batman is, but it turns out he's just crazy and he thinks he's Batman. So then Chase yeah. tells him, your secret is safe. So she knows he's Batman. Um, and that relationship, yet again, doesn't work out for some reason. Yeah, we Chase Meridian disappears. Yeah. Do you think she's still screen? in Gotham, or she left like Vicky left? Hmm. <laughs> that I say she's still in Gotham. Yeah, so people just no. know he's Batman. No, they don't tell that's anybody. a lie. They get the hell out of town after they break up with Batman. They're scared for their lives. Probably she can't be around him anymore. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> the big problem with Batman Forever is that. Uh, I think two. I think Tommy Lee Jones should have played the straight man. You know, like he could have been dangerous and disturbed as Two Face, but he has this manic energy which is completely out of place when it's put up with Jim Carrey's manic energy. They can't both be the crazy manic energy. It was too much. That's what, for me, uh, sank the movie, is that they're both the same character. Like, and I, in my old age, this is a wonderful popcorn movie, and it's fine to hang out and watch this and not really give it any thought. But if you do start to break it down critically, how cool would it have been if you got normal, straight Tommy Lee Jones for the Harvey Dent stuff, and then the wild stuff? Yeah. Like, if he there does was... It once in the movie it's at the very end when he's about to flip that coin and bruce says oh, harvey what about your coin you can't make a decision without it and he goes in his tommy lee jones voice you're right bruce you've always been a good friend blah blah, blah. you know that was the only time in the movie where he acted sane you know like the two sides and i just thought that he should have done that way more often than the crazy and me you know like this crazy manic energy that should have been jim carrey's and jim carrey's alone i feel like yeah yeah i'm with you uh so it's worth mentioning uh the talk about these characters returning for batman and robin um Was because yet yeah, officially val kilmer could have come back and officially he didn't come back because of scheduling conflicts with the saint the saint right yeah he was doing that which but was Joel's kind of a failure it wasn't a bad film but it was very forgettable i remember watching oh yeah it. yeah and there's a reason that val kilmer kind of disappeared it always <coughs> feels like the sh actors with the worst attitudes are the ones that quietly don't go anywhere um and schumacher <laughs> went yeah. on record saying he wasn't very nice yeah he was difficult and you could say that he quit, but you could also say that we fired him. <laughs> That's a direct quote. Right. Um, and there was another line in there where he didn't talk to Schumacher for two weeks 
uh, because Schumacher told them to stop being rude to people. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> uh, and uh, the other part of this is Tommy Lee Jones really did not like Jim Carrey. Yeah, according to Jim Carrey. Yeah. Yeah. I that too. I think he told Howard Stern that. The Tommy Lee Jones was like, I don't like you. I hate you. <laughs> and I cannot suffer your whatever yeah so maybe that was it maybe he just thought that jim carrey was stealing the movie and he wanted to match his enthusiasm but you can't match jim carrey's manic energy you can't do it i think he nope. did a pretty good job of it surprisingly yeah. but uh, i mean this was jim carrey in his prime this was yeah. 1995 yeah, well I think that's it was... the other thing i was gonna say is that i think Instead of turning the Riddler into Jim Carrey, maybe he should have used his acting ability, because he's a good actor, to make Jim Carrey more of the Riddler. You know what I mean? But I just feel like he took the Riddler and turned him into Jim Carrey. So it was a little much. It was just a little much. And Wait. we really start to get the bad dialogue in this film. Um, the, last, the, th the last third of the film, though, like the climax... Is pretty much where it, it gets to be for me just kind of unwatchable like his dialogue and how crazy he is like everything up to that point is a pretty good film i feel like maybe not a great film by any means but not, but watchable you know yeah it for me this movie was watchable just because i kept imagining michael keaton and yeah. i played the same game when i was watching batman and robin last night where i was trying to imagine michael keaton saying the batman lines and you can't like no batman and robin is joel schumacher's film all on his own like batman forever was almost like this easing in property where there was it's like getting to know your new stepdad yeah. you know like the memory's fresh of your original dad <laughs> in batman returns so the stepdad really tries to make it seem like nothing's different. He sounds like the dad. He does fun things like the dad. But then, once you really get to know the stepdad, yeah. then you realize that he's Batman and Robin, and there's things wrong. Mm -hmm. There are things wrong. Yeah, I'm with that. Uh, <laughs> I Well, I think Burton producing it still kept it in his wheelhouse a little bit. Like, I'm going to let you do your thing, but you got to make it fit the trilogy you know what i mean like this is the third movie so it's got to still fit but you couldn't imagine any of these scenes like i said before like none of this dialogue would be said by jack nicholson or michael keaton or even kim basinger or robert wool you know what i mean like all those people or alfred like none of them would be able to say the dialogue in these movies in that movie in batman maybe batman returns because it got a little more fantasy like Fairy tale yeah yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so it was a hit, though. That was the thing about Batman Forever is that for all of the uh, things that maybe weren't that great as far as adult Batman lovers are concerned, uh, the kids loved it. I loved yep. it. It was an absolute hit. It, it made more money than Batman in Returns, but it made less than the original Batman. Um, gotcha. And so everybody was immediately... Come on, Joel Schumacher, let's make another one. Yeah, so this one's greenlit. Batman and Robin, 97. Yeah, like, usually there's a three years between sequels, but they were so amped about Batman Forever that they pushed this one out as quick as they could. 
and put a sequel out two years later. Yeah. And not only was it two years later, like, Schumacher was super on top of it. I figured, sorry, the whole time I was looking up the Batman Forever reviews (laughs) and uh, 39% on Rotten Tomatoes (coughs) with a... 32% 32% audience score. So yeah, off of 69 reviews, this was not reviewed very favorably. Which one? Uh, forever. Yeah. Yeah, not okay. critically, but not despised either. That was the thing that allowed them to move forward, you know? It yeah. Money, I, I, actually, the audience loved it. Critics didn't hate it, but they certainly weren't all about it. But that's that's still basically how a movie gets greenlit for another one, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, and just looking up the critical consensus on Batman and Robin, and we all know that Rotten Tomatoes has its flaws, but it's still a pretty good concept. Yeah. 11%. Yeah. Which uh, isn't the lowest Batman of the low, but it's pretty low. I think they named it some, you know, like Variety or something, I don't know, something like that, named it the worst movie of the last century. Yeah, a lot of places yeah. have... Uh, put it in their top 10 of the worst movies right. and i'm here to say right now that they are wrong <laughs> i think they are slightly <sighs> they are right and they're wrong you know what i mean they're right because it's hard not to imagine this movie the way it was intended which is the fourth movie of this franchise it really is it's supposed to be a continuation of batman Batman Returns and Batman Forever, and therefore it is a complete misfire. But if Warner Brothers came out and said, hey, um, if they promoted it this way, um, we're rebooting the TV show for a 90s audience from the 60s, you know what I mean? Uh, So it's going to be fun, it's going to be family friendly, it's going to be colorful, it's going to be action packed. You guys are going to love it, it's going to be a real romp. If they had, like, promoted it that way, I think people would have had a definite different view of it and said, like, as far as redoing the show from the 60s for a modern audience, that's pretty good. But if you say it's a continuation of Tim Burton's Batman, it's a real (laughs) failure. (laughs) It's an embarrassing failure. That's how I feel about Um, it, at least. Another... Another interesting part of this is Schumacher took a lot of inspiration from the cartoon, which I didn't realize had taken that much of a foothold at that point. Like Like the 90s cartoon. Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. Okay. And Mask of the Phantasm, I think, was 93 or 94. Um, So it was definitely in there. Um, Because the big thing about Batman and Robin Mm -hmm. is that it is absolutely a cartoon movie yeah um and apparently uh, during filming schumacher would constantly just be on top of what do you call the thing that goes up the arm uh like a like the jib jib seat jib arm if the camera's on it it's a jib and sometimes they have a seat on it so it'd be like i don't know the jib seat whatever he'd be up there constantly yeah and he'd be before they would roll the camera, he'd be like, and remember, everybody, this is a cartoon. (laughs) Like, constantly. And there was complaints that it was hard to set the tone for the movie with him constantly saying that. Um, But once you kind of jump into that and accept that feeling 
this movie is a roller coaster and yeah. you don't want to get off. Right. It's it is enjoyably so much silly. Fun. And there's so many arguments I have to make here, but one of them, I'm going to say it and I'm going to say it with pride. Arnold Schwarzenegger does the best job acting in this movie and he is possibly never been better. I just, I disagree with you in that. And the, the biggest failure, well, there's a couple of failures, but one of the biggest failures is that Mr. Freeze has absolutely zero anything interesting to say. Like every single line of dialogue is a pun or just pointless. You know what I mean? It every single line. Like maybe there's one line where he explains how he loves his wife and that is it. Every but other line that's... is just a dumb play on words or a pun. That's the joy of it. Because... I know that's I get that, but it grows old quick. No, <laughs> because the fun part about Mr. Freeze in this movie is that he is literally a maniac. Like yeah. His brain is broken on the same level of the Joker. They have a similar origin. He mm. falls into a vat of chemicals and he comes out as Mr. Freeze. And his goal was just to save his wife. That's it. That's all he cared about. That's his motivation. Yeah. But he's and... having fun. And uh, you know, that's what's weird about it for me is that well, like, he's yeah. supposed to be saving his wife, but at the same time he's just a goofy villain you know because he's completely unhinged i guess like he's just totally lost his mind and he's just running around (laughs) making jokes and being suicidal right um and And so this movie he was already dr freeze why is he mister (laughs) right like he was dr victor freeze why wouldn't he just be dr freeze why is it mister yeah that's weird (laughs) Like, why would you drop the doctorate just because you're a villain now? You wouldn't. Hmm. Dr. Doom. So <laughs> he He's not called Mr. Doom. Mr. Sinister this... never finished his PhD. <laughs> so that's why he's Mr. Otherwise, he would be Dr. Sinister. I don't know. That's just what I was thinking. It was strange about it. Because if you call a doctor Mr., they immediately correct you and say, well, I'm a doctor. Oh, it's doctor. Uh, it's doctor. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. You yeah. don't you don't spend a hundred grand getting your doctorate just to become Mister. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I probably wouldn't make we could that go on about this. Fuss. How uh, about so Chris we... O'Donnell returns? Yes. Robin. So wait, what else is hugely different between this movie and the other movie? So we've got hugely different. Um, a cartoon tone. Yes, there's definitely a cartoonish tone. We have uh, we have a new uh, Batman. We have a new Batman with. George Clooney, who's pretty good. He's yeah, he's he's pretty good. It's um any white dude could have been this Batman, right? Yes. It was whoever was in the in the now, whoever was the talk of the town was going to be Batman as long as he was a little older than Chris O'Donnell and white. That was just the prerequisite. So who's popular right now? Well, that guy from ER is really breaking out. Let's make him Batman. You know what I mean? It could have been anybody. Because, we... I say it could have been anybody, because they have nothing for him to do, yet again. He already yes. had his big Bruce Wayne moment in Batman Forever, where he was struggling with being Batman and Bruce Wayne, and then came to the realization, I'm both. 
and now that's it. Now I'm just so there's nothing interesting to do with him anymore. That's why anybody could have took that role. Yeah, like this is the this Batman movie has Batman as more of a character, but he's more empty than ever. Well, he just um, has no issue now being Batman. Like he's just Batman. So he, yeah, I Batman's that, a celebrity at this point. Exactly. That's another thing from the show is that him and Robin make an appearance at a gala. That is totally what Adam West and Burt Ward would do all the time in the original Batman show, you know? All the time. Um, Mr. Freeze. This is something the movies do a really good job of, starting with Batman Returns, um, where they're constantly building out the mythology of the city. And Batman Returns, Commissioner Gordon's like, it's the circus gang again, Batman! Like... They're an existing villain that has been occurring off screen. Right. In Batman Forever, Two Face is attacking after he's already been arrested and was already in Arkham. So, another adventure that happened off screen. And then in this one, we're in the middle of Mr. Freeze attacking. So, again, he's a new entity, but his origin has already happened. We jump into these stories with a lot of stuff happening off screen and it's it's got a nice fun comic booky feel yeah um, i feel like they they probably wrote all they probably had all these extra scenes written and maybe some of them filmed and then when it comes to actually editing they're just like let's take that out it's kind of like two-face escaping from arkham at the beginning they're just like can't we just jump right into it doesn't matter you know that we show him escaping so they cut it out so i feel like Maybe uh, in the original writing it, maybe Mr. Freeze's origin story was actually a part of the movie. You know what I mean? But then they just realized through editing, let's not do that. Let's just cut it out. You know what I mean? So this movie jumps in with Mr. Freeze robbing the Natural History Museum. Um, And he's doing that so he could steal a big old diamond, which we learned that his suit is powered by diamonds. Yeah. Now do the diamonds, Um, which is an indestructible element, right? I don't know if diamond is an element, but um, so I mean, what does the suit one of the do hardest. to the diamonds? Does the does the suit incredibly destroy diamonds and use them for? Well, it is or lasers, so maybe. But yes, it suggests <laughs> that the lasers shoot through the diamonds and power his cold suit. It is a bit of fantasy, but it is a, definitely a comic booky yeah. fantasy. Um, and these are all my notes for this movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Read them. Um, because this movie is nothing but a wonderful wild ride. So, Two Face, or Two Face, Mr. Freeze attacking a museum. Batman and Robin jump to action. We see them suiting up, and we see Batman getting into the brand new Batmobile, which has no windshield. It's <laughs> always bothered me that he has no top on it. But again, it's a, one it's a throwback to the TV show, you know? It's but a, a one-seater. One Isn't that weird? <laughs> like, he's got a partner now, but he decides to make it so that only he can ride But you know car. what? That is like a... That is a toy. He's like riding in an action figure toy, right? Oh, There's yeah. no roof, and it's a one-seater. <laughs> like, could there be anything more toyish than that version of the Batmobile? And yet, I don't remember seeing that as a toy. Did they ever yeah, make I that never Batmobile got... as a toy? I'm sure they did, but we never bought it. I don't have it. I never saw it. I'd have to look it up, but I really don't remember. I am 100% sure. I don't really remember a Mr. Freeze 
action figure either, so I don't know what they did with Batman and Robin. It's because I think we soured on this movie so yeah. quickly. Batman and Robin toys. <coughs> um, but Robin so has, a, has a motorcycle, which made sense for him, so that his his was cool, I think. Yeah, yeah. And that had cool. and that had a nice uh, uh, Batman the Animated Series design to it. His motorcycle. Yeah. That's what it occurred to me that that was taken from the cart from the cartoon. So real quick, I wanted to go back to Batman Forever for a second. So the first two movies are pretty tight in their plotting and their story. They have mm-hmm. a main A plot and a main B plot. With Batman Forever, we get Two Faces. <laughs> plot where he hates batman we have the riddler's plot where he hates bruce Mm -hmm. we have the hot psychologist who shows up to dig batman so she's a c almost yeah and then we have robin's story arc for and then we have batman's conflict that is within the four plots so we have a lot yeah. more going on in Batman Forever. And in Batman and Robin, they continue to pack in different plot elements. And this is where it gets harder to... If they try to focus on just a couple things, they can tell a clear story. But they're mm-hmm. trying to tell so many stories that it gets very convoluted. I do um, still think there's a formula between Forever and Robin, though, and um, and Batman and Robin, in that... One villain's already created and a menace. That's Two Face and Mister Freeze, and then we get to witness the creation of the second villain, which is the Riddler and Poison Ivy. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's that's the formula for me, you know. And that there's supposed to be a girl that is a big part of Bruce's life in a way, but that's Elle McPherson's character who doesn't really do much other than she's just. The girlfriend that's it you know but she kind of i'm sorry years. yes uh in between in the two years between batman forever and batman and robin bruce wayne is so comfortable in his role that he now is mature enough to have a girlfriend that he doesn't care about yeah <laughs> just because she's not interesting she's just an attractive woman and that's it you know what i mean it, and so is that's why Bruce's, he's bored with her he is so <laughs> bored with her. And so is Bruce Wayne becoming... <coughs> is he more of a real character? Or is that becoming more and more fictional as these movies go along? I just feel like he is really getting bored. He's yeah. getting bored with being Batman. He's getting bored with dealing with his whiny sidekick. He's getting bored with the women in his life. So now Poison Ivy comes along and she's interesting, but... He's not really down with her. Like he knows that she's just using this pheromone to control him, anyways. So he's yeah. more like, nah, I, I'm, I'm too, I'm too biz, Mr. Business, that I can't, I can't go for her. Yeah, it's super, super interesting. But we're jumping ahead. Uh, so in this robbery at the very beginning of the movie, um, there's a lot of ice skating. There's a lot of magic jumping around. Yep. Um, very, very silly stuff. The hockey team from hell. The hockey team from hell. And <laughs> Mr. Freeze ends up getting the diamond. Mm-hmm. He is successful. And he's successful because he decides to shoot a rocket yeah. 
into space and Batman just happens to get on the rocket too. And so Mr. Freeze is happy because he'll get the chance to blow up Batman. But as far as Mr. action Freeze... set pieces go to a beginning of a movie like this, I mean, they yeah. just went all out. You know, okay, we have the History Museum, everything's frozen, the hockey team, the ice skates. He's got his big vehicle anyways, and then it turns into a rocket, and then we're going to blow the rocket into the air, and then they're going to surf the sky, and then they're going to go into, you know, just like out of control. And I had no memory of them surfing. No? Um, They're they're 30,000 feet in the air, and they (laughs) surf back down to Earth on... Because, if you remember, surfing's always been popular, you know, at least since the 60s, but... um. <clears throat> like rad surfing <laughs> that was a 90s thing do you remember the mighty morphin power rangers movie they they sky surfed in that as well Did like they? it was just a it was that thing to do in the 90s skateboarding body boarding surfing like that was cool kid shit that you would just do that you would put in movies cuz kids loved it but can you tell me why tailspin Mr. remember tailspin that kid in Tailspin, uh, Kit. Uh, I remember Tailspin, but I don't. Skywalker. Remember what was his name? Cloud Cloud Kicker or something like that. Yeah, he was the kid. He he had a he had a a board that he would surf through the air. Kids love that stuff, so that's why that's included. Is my point. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's included because it's a cartoon. But can you tell me why Mister Freeze <coughs> brought a rocket to that diamond heist? I don't know. I don't know. Why would he need to explode the rocket out of there? Why wouldn't he just drive away? He has a master plan. That's why he's getting the diamond. Um, He wants to freeze the entire city and hold it hostage so he can get enough money to refund his research to cure his wife. That's his entire plan. Yeah. And And to escape from the museum after stealing the diamond, I'm going to have to use a rocket, is what he was thinking. There's not going to be any way out of here. And then jump out of the rocket before it explodes. <laughs> With the wings. And he looks like With... a flying monkey from uh, Wizard of Oz. Is always what it reminded me of. His design is amazing. Yeah, I they really love... went top notch. With that like, design. they look like the characters, and but his blue eyes, like mm-hmm. the LED he wore in his mouth. Yep. And that's bald cap, by the way. Schwarzenegger refused is it really? to shave his head. Because yeah. it's a damn good bald cap. It's damn good. I the he effects are. Head amazing yeah the makeup effects are great on him um it's worth mentioning here that batman and robin escape by surfing yep uh and batman is really pissed at robin because robin gets frozen yeah he won't listen to freeze is escaping yeah but batman's all like after you trained in the simulator for the next eight hours or hours 10 hours in the simulator so he has a danger room and he's like, bitch, I just <laughs> saved your life. Yeah. He doesn't, Robin doesn't say this to him, but Batman was literally just frozen and completely helpless to Mr. Freeze too. And Robin saved his life. Like Robin did that, but it's no, it's, you're going to yeah. train for the next 10 hours. Well, later in the movie, Bruce frozen. asks Alfred if he's, am I a hard ass? And, Bruce, and Alfred's like, yeah. <laughs> like he says, yeah. You always thought you could cheat death by following rules and being a hard ass and. Now you're learning, then that's not always the case, and people want to people want to be uh, 
led, you know, not like, what am I thinking? Or they want to follow. They don't want to be forced to whatever. So yeah, he's no, trying no, to tell no. Robin what to do all the time, but it's not working. Cause all the time. He just, because he, Alfred, even Alfred knows that Robin's his own man. He just wants to be a part of the team. He doesn't want to be told what to do all the time. Um, this is also worth mentioning real quick as I check my notes. Uh, Batman and Robin suit up and they're driving out of the bat yeah. cave before they know what they're doing. But I, I was thinking that, but it's because they saw the bat signal. You know what I mean? They saw the bat signal, they jumped to action, and once they get... This is how the show went. Once they... Uh, you know, the red phone that, that, that the commissioner would call would, would let them know. That was how the show went. Um, there was no bat signal, really, hardly ever. Yeah, that's fair, and that's a good point. Um, so we're to the point in the movie where we cut to Brazil. Yeah. At a Wayne Enterprises research, research facility. So... Very monster Inter- movie. I love the way it looks. Yeah, know? and they are, Wayne Enterprises funds some weird stuff. Mm. Um, and so we have a simple researching lady and another guy. Yep. Uma Thurman playing this researcher and yep. John Glover yeah. playing the other researcher. Wasn't he the dad? Uh, wasn't he Luke, Lex Luthor's dad in Smallville? Yes. Yeah. Um, he looked very familiar to me, and it was bothering me, so I'm looking it up now. Seamus, Annie Hall. He was in Annie uh, Hall. Huh? Yeah, just as nobody. Um, yeah. White Knights, A Killing Affair, 52 Pickup, Masquerade, um, Scrooged. Yeah, he was the Yeah, he was, he was the in, guy that came in to take over because Bill Murray wasn't they didn't weren't trusting him so he was the one who came in to kind of direct the play the live play uh, and stuff remember gremlins too and he'd Robo-Cop be like too. he was like <laughs> okay that's lunch everybody and bill murray's like i'm i'm the one that calls lunch he's like oh okay i'm sorry and then he, he's like hold on everybody he's got something to say to you and then he holds the microphone up to him remember that it <laughs> was so demeaning <laughs> ah, i love that role anyway i do not remember it okay um uh, payback yeah, just a lot of random stuff. Yeah, he's good. He was just he's in Shazam. I love him. What did he play in Shazam? I don't know. I, I liked that movie. I didn't remember it too much, though. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, it was I'm pretty good. I'm guessing that he was the dad. Maybe. I don't know. Um, um. But, yes, so we're introduced to Uma Thurman as... What is her Batman? Pamela Isley. Uh, <laughs> yep. But, you know, and this is the old thing where, like, he's secretly building a weapon of mass destruction using company funds. And she finds out about this because he's been working with Venom, which is something that she was extracting from wherever. So he was using her research to build a weapon that he was trying to sell to, like, you know, random third or random countries that are at war or something, you know. Uh, yeah, by and, showing generals in suits, you know, standing, <laughs> standing in line, very comic booky. You know what I mean? Very, very cartoonish. I guess I don't even know if it's comic book, but it's cartoonish at least. And her goal is to mix animal venom into plants, so plants can defend themselves. Yes, she's a real, exactly. She's a real wackadoodle. All on she's her a own. tree hugger, but she wants to use violence to save the world so she wants the plants to fight back and protect themselves 
Yeah. Yes. Um, so he kills her, or tries to kill her, because she'll obviously be a problem. Yes. You know? one, like, he, that actor does such a great job in this role. Yeah. And this <laughs> so character... So mad scientist. <laughs> ...is a actual character from the comics. I was sure he was, yeah. Um, and he is known as Floronic Man... Also known as the Plant Master, Floro, right. or the Cedar. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a pretty good picture on the Wikipedia, but he doesn't look familiar to me. Um, so he creates yeah, so Bane. We should. He creates Bane. Yeah. Who is a Batman villain who was actually pretty smart in the comics. And he's the one that we were talking about briefly before this who started off Nightfall, which was probably the best Batman crossover. Um, big event thing that I remember from my childhood. Biggest event from the 90s. Yeah, and, and, and Bane was a real villain who ended up breaking Batman's back, which is something that never happened before. He put him on commission for a year or two. Yep. So he was a serious thing. So in this movie, they just use his costume and make him a mindless thug. <laughs> yep, he is totally just Frankenstein's monster Yes. in this movie. But he uses the venom, which is also something he used in the comics. It made him stronger and um, so, you know, it works for the movie, obviously. Um, in this movie, they specifically call it a super so- soldier serum. Yeah. Yes. Which I'm To steal the Captain America thing. Yep. Um, so she doesn't die. And, she doesn't uh, die. And all the chemicals reacted with her body and made her into Mother Nature, basically. And she calls herself Poison Ivy. Yes. Um, <laughs> so she kills and... him. She kills the doctor. She takes Bane. He's her henchman now. And they realize that Wayne Enterprises is the one funding, or she's reminded, I guess, that Wayne Enterprises is the one funding. And I guess she feels like Wayne Enterprises can give me the money I need to, what, like, well, I think continue I see my this research. As or, <laughs> what is she where thinking? she sees Bruce Wayne as the enemy? Okay, and she's going to sabotage Wayne Enterprises because of the negative things they've done to the environment. I see. Uh, which is why she goes to <coughs> Gotham. But and when she first appears in Gotham, she actually does it pretty standard in that she tries to talk to the big boss and say, will you sign this that promises you will stop doing this? Yep, she's still a little green hippie yeah. lady, and she doesn't realize the extent of her powers yet. But um, in order to get there and to get that limo that they arrive in, they already like killed people in order to... Oh, yeah, so maybe she does. Yeah, so she's a little crazy, but she still goes at it in just a protester kind of way, which is interesting to me. And then when that doesn't work, she's like, fine, I'm just Poison Ivy now. I'm just going to destroy the world in some way. Yeah. Um, And how does she hook up with Mr. Freeze? She hooks up with Mr. Freeze because she shows up at a fundraiser. Okay, so... (laughs) So, Batman... Mm-hmm. recognizing that Mr. Freeze likes diamonds, sets up a gala yeah. where hundreds of people will be in attendance yeah. to lure Mr. Freeze into trying to steal yeah. some diamonds. Some of them may die, but it's important um, to catch him. <laughs> yeah, so Batman is very much just putting innocent people in harm's way by creating this gala, yep. um, but it also attracts... Uh, Uma Thurman, where Bruce Wayne invites Poison Ivy to the gala to kind of appease her, to just get her out of his face. Um, 
and so yeah they have this big gala to present <coughs> the new telescope at the gotham observatory uh batman and robin are the guests of honor mm. and uh yeah mr freeze shows up to steal the diamond he meets poison ivy but in the meantime poison ivy right, is right, right. i see blowing yeah. the pheromones at batman and robin yeah so she's using her pheromones to control men basically it's affecting robin more than it's affecting batman yeah it seems to be or batman it affects him but he realizes what is happening whereas robin is just all about poison ivy now it's really making her or making him all hot for poison ivy Yep, he's a little younger, he's a yeah. little more susceptible. And it's putting a problem between him and Bruce. Like, he wants to be his own man, and it's coming to a head now, because the way he feels Batman treats him as a partner. It's coming to a head, and he wants to be his own man. So that's happening. And then, so, the big to-do is that uh, Mr. Freeze gets captured by Batman, right? So he gets defeated, and they drive down that big arm... <laughs> yes yeah so he stops robin and that's like the nail in the coffin for robin is that he's like you won't make the jump and he turns off his motorcycle yeah that pisses robin off completely but batman does get the bad guy so then mr freeze goes to prison he's in arkham asylum yep or not prison Um, whatever you want to call arkham asylum i guess treated it more as a prison in here than it is a which did you see how they transported him to his cell yeah it was like in an old he was in a fridge isn't that funny (laughs) he was in a fridge with the freezer door cut off it was amazing that was pretty good well Um, the one thing these two movies did not lack for is production design i mean they went all out it's absolutely bonkers what they did with the visuals here and you see schumacher's touch with the city well it's just so like everything's great about it but the whole again it's the 90s and that they were like blacklight neon just crazy blacklight neon. I, that's not really needed. That, to me, ages the worst. But everything else about the production design looks really good, I think. Yeah, I like what they did with the buildings and building yep. them into the giant statues. Yeah. Having raised roads. Um, that was cool. Yeah. Oh, and the big thing is, the big. it's like they talk about it like it was Y2K, the bat nipples. Remember? Like the way... People still talk about the bat nipples. Uh doesn't really bother me it never really bothered me and schumacher's explanation for it makes perfect sense is that he's like he's just thought of the suits as kind of an a greek adonis kind of look like that was the idea behind the design is that they're supposed to look like the perfect greek god so there you go that's why he's just like here's the abs here's the muscles here's the nipples and I'm like, yeah. yeah, I probably would have left it off if I designed it. But it certainly didn't bother me that they're on there. And people just really could not stop staring at them and made it the biggest deal. <laughs> yeah, on this viewing, I have no memory of thinking about the nipples at all. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first but, nipple gate before the whole Janet Jackson thing. Yeah, I remember it gate. really bothering me back then. <laughs> um. So, in the meantime, we learned that Alfred is sick. Yes, that's a big part, too. And, yeah, because Alfred gets his own, let's see, we have an A plot, we have a B plot, we have a C plot for Robin. Uh, So, Alfred gets his own D plot Mm -hmm. in this movie. Um, And Alfred's sick, and 
his niece, played by Alicia Silverstone, her name's yeah. Barbara Wilson, yeah, uh, comes to stay with Uncle Alfred at Wayne Manor. Yeah, straight from Oxford, by the way, well, for it, her it wasn't, English uncle. Wasn't it a made-up uh, English... Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Oxford. Was it? I can't, I can't remember, but um, she's not English. She is not English. Which she doesn't have to be. I mean, it could work out in a way that she would be American and still be his niece, as is possible. But <sighs> she's in England. She goes to Oxford. She's Alfred's niece. She probably should be British. <laughs> Am I yeah, right? It, it, it would have made sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, she's uh, fine in the role. I mean, I think she plays the. She plays a real innocent, cute girl. That's like what she does. And even when they make her. Oh no! Wait, she's actually a motorcycle driving badass. No, she's just she's just a nice, innocent, cute girl. Like that's all they she really brought to the role. I don't think they really expected more of her. Out yeah, of she's very shoehorned in. That's my yeah. biggest thing. Big time. They wanted to grow the Bat Family, um, and maybe it's always that fear that it's like we may not do another one after this. If it's a complete failure, we might as well just toss in everything. So we might as well have Batgirl in. I mean, to this day, it's the only movie that has Batgirl in it. Like, she hasn't appeared anywhere else in any yeah. Batman, right? It's true. Yeah, and the at least only they... live-action feature one, you know. At least they had her called Barbara. <clears throat> yes. Uh, so, yeah, Barbara, her plot is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to take Alfred out of the house because she thinks that he's not happy. but Yeah, and I'm with happy. her on that, and that she finds the master-servant thing very weird. I find it very weird, too. I find the royal family weird. I find all of this very strange, that there are people born into servitude, and people that are known as being higher than your average people, you know what I mean? So I do think it's weird. But It's definitely weird. I do think it's... I think it's I don't think it's weird if he's an employee, you know, if he's just like, if you're a rich person and you have the money and you have a family, then I feel it's, it makes sense to have to hire help. But if you're just by, you're just a dude by himself, it's weird to have a butler. (laughs) Right. My, my big issue with the whole thing is that (coughs) Alfred's brother is also a butler. Yeah. And his name? Wilfred. Wilfred. (laughs) Alfred. Wilfred. My God. <laughs> so he knows he's dying, so he's let, he wants Wilfred to know the Batman secret and to basically come to Gotham to take over as the new butler. Right. He's like, yeah. mm, you this must complete my life's work. Yeah. Yes. You have to drop whatever you're doing and take over for Batman's butler, as Batman's butler. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you all about it before right. you have the chance to think about it. Right. Um, and that's how Barbara finds out that they're all Batman and Robin. Yeah. Because she easily unscrews the thing and puts in the disc. <laughs> and she has one of those computers that projects everything onto your face. Yeah. Yep. Like a normal computer does. It's very normal in 1997. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Freeze is in prison, and that's when Poison Ivy comes to him. I just remembered that. That's when she comes to him and tells her master plan and that she needs his help to freeze Gotham destroy the world so she can then regrow it in her image yep and that's how they team up mr freeze is a lunatic so he doesn't care because his only goal is to save his wife yes um so they go to rescue her 
but his hideout has been discovered by the police and Batman and Robin. Um, and he, I can't recall, like, does he fight them again or? Uh, no, he's too weak to fight them. Um, so yeah. he has to run away. Right. But not before he turns a giant <clears throat> lever that says hot and yep. he switches it to cold. Yeah. Which incapacitates all the yeah. police because uh, their lungs are freezing. Uh, I can't. Uh, yeah, it was very funny. It, and it gets resolved by the Commissioner Gordon going and switching the lever back. Yes. <laughs> to hot. Which it feels like hot should also do some kind of killing, but no, apparently hot just know. means comfortable. And Poison Ivy kills his wife. Or and thinks, Poison thinks Ivy she does. Yep, takes the wife off of. Uh, life support and... and all she does is make problems for herself you know what i mean like this is gonna come clearly come back to haunt her oh yeah you know um and so mr freeze now thinks that because poison ivy tells mr freeze that batman unplugged his wife um so mr freeze now wants to destroy batman <coughs> destroy right. everyone as well so we have that that same setup as Batman Forever, where one villain, their goal is to destroy everything because of Bruce Wayne, mm. and another villain whose goal is to destroy everything because of Batman. Right. Um, and so, so we, I, let's just finish up the plot. So then this yeah. all comes to a head where uh, he can use the new observatory telescope, but use it as more of a gun. So he hooks up his crystal or his diamond powered freeze gun to the observatory telescope right and makes it a super freeze gun and now he's super able to freeze, freeze gotham that's basically what happens and he does he freezes gotham exactly so now you have batman robin and the new batgirl and she is like 10 minutes she's had her costume on and she is like i'm batgirl now and i'm part of the team and they're like yeah cool yeah, because her uncle built her a suit yes alfred in the middle of being sick was like my priority is to make sure my niece has a crime fighting suit and my collection of superheroes will be complete and she in her cute way is like suit me up uncle alfred (laughs) you know what i mean because she's always cute she's just cute in the movie and i don't know if that was the right way to go with the bad girl character but that's what we get from alicia silverstone uh so yeah, and then they have a long drawn out final battle, like where they stop him, um, but he freezes it, and then they they blow up the thing, and then they want to use the satellites that also connect to the telescope to like make the telescope heat power, but then mm-hmm. that doesn't work. So then they're just like, well, we didn't do that anyways. We can just point the satellites down. They got them, and that'll solve the problem. So they do. And then they save the day that way. And Poison Ivy gets like... I feel like she was sitting in that plant when they walked in. Yes, she was. But then when Um, they kick her into it, all of a sudden it's a problem and it tries to eat her or something. I don't know. Poison Ivy is basically eaten by a plant, but it's okay. It turns out she's alive. Yeah, she's not dead or anything. She's just an Arkham. Um, Because... In the meantime, we discover that Mr. Freeze has learned how to cure Alfred's disease. Yes, because his wife has McGregor syndrome. 
Yes, stage Which is stage an advanced, four. yeah, advanced case of the... Whereas Alfred only has, like, a stage one, right? Stage one. So Batman convinces Mr. Freeze, Dr. Victor, Mr. Freeze, let's be a doctor again. Help me help you. And he's like, uh, okay, I can do that, yeah. Yeah, and so Batman <coughs> gets him his wife and gets him a lab at Arkham so he can continue trying to save her. Yes, and it's this big positive ending where he redeemed the villain. Yeah. And I knew at the end that um, Mr. Freeze would still have nothing of substance to stay to say when he handed him the vials. I'm like, I guarantee, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I guarantee you he's going to say, take two of these and call me in the morning. And that is exactly what he fucking did at the end. And I was like, there, God damn it. <laughs> like everything he says is a play on fucking words. He has nothing good to say. <laughs> he was consistent throughout the entire movie. He was very consistent. It was I will give a you fantastic that. performance. Oh my God. Um, but then they ruin all that payoff between Batman and Mr. Freeze by having him show up in Ivy's yeah. uh, cell it's as just her a cellmate. comical ending where like, now Which he's going to be a bad is... roommate and he's going to drive her crazy. Which is nonsense because he wouldn't have his suit. No, they would not he... have given him his suit. Because that suit makes him super strong, and... It's just that they knew that he couldn't stand there without the cold thing on him either, and that wouldn't have been in there, or wouldn't have been a surprise to her, because obviously she would have already known he was a roommate if he had the cold thing. And This is just a continuity issue, where they were just like, we're going to have to have him wear a suit, or it won't make sense for him to stand there. They're going to have him, like, with a woman, again, which is something they wouldn't do. Yeah. It's Um, not a prison, it's just an insane asylum, but I still can't think that they would have put them together. (laughs) Who's giving him his diamonds to power that suit? Is that oh, Arkham's so diamond budget? Uh, so many problems. <sighs> but anyway, the Bat family is complete. They all decide to be partners, and they uh, are just together now for more movies. Yeah. Which was going to lead into... Because uh, the movie initially was doing so well that they immediately hired Schumacher to do a third movie. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, called... Batman Unchained? That's what I read, yeah, is that it was Batman Unchained, and the big idea is that they would bring back um, the Joker as a gas, fear gas-induced vision from the Scarecrow, who apparently was going to be played by someone who cameoed in Batman and Robin. Are you familiar with that person? Jonathan Uh, Crane... I also know who's known as play Jonathan Crane. Uh, so, well, this is what I read: Coolio, the rapper. No. Do you know Coolio? He well, I mean, was. I know Coolio. This is what I heard: is that Coolio, who was briefly seen in Batman and Robin as the leader of the gang of motorcycle riders or whatever, oh, he yeah. apparently was Jonathan Crane, who is the Scarecrow, and then he was going to be the villain of Batman Unchained. Who did you read that was Unfortunately, you're wrong, because I have quotes from Schumacher. (coughs) Okay, Uh, who was it? It was Nicolas Cage. Interesting, okay. Uh, Nicolas Cage, or Schumacher said he remembers visiting Cage on some set in 1997. Face off. And asking him (laughs) to be Scarecrow, and they approached making the movie with him in mind as Scarecrow. Okay, interesting. Um, And... I mean, I have a lot of different... I read a lot of different things uh, where George Clooney was on board, Mm -hmm. but then 
George Clooney was pub- has publicly said that he would never return to the role and yeah. that they killed the franchise. Um, and then there was, there was talk of everybody but returning except for Alicia Silverstone, who the guy who wrote the script said he didn't put her in the script. Yeah. Um, and well, it was going to center on yeah. the Scarecrow and having Batman get over his fear of bats. And it was also going to have Harley Quinn oh, okay. in the movie as the daughter of the Joker. Yes, I did read that too, yeah. Um, and so it was going to be Harley Quinn hating... It was the same concept again, where Harley Quinn was angry at Bruce Wayne or Batman, and Scarecrow was angry at either Bruce Wayne or Batman, and then they eventually teamed up because they have a common enemy uh, when they figure out that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. Was, yeah. Well, I was thinking about it, and I think it would go something like this as far as casting goes, is that for some reason, say Batman and Robin made money, because it, it did make money, but not as much as Batman Forever. It was clearly not the same magic that they got from Forever, and it was critically reviled. Yes. So that killed it. It killed the franchise. See, I think Warner Brothers would have done the same thing they did with Burton, and that they see one movie that kind of has a downturn, and they're like, uh, we don't want you to come back. So I think they would have kicked Schumacher out and tried to bring it back to the Tim Burton era, that kind of grittiness feel. But they don't want to completely lose the family friendly that the last two movies have kind of built up. So I feel like they would have went with a director that wasn't quite... Because Burton would not have wanted to come back. He was doing his own thing, all right? Oh, yeah. So I think like they would want an Alex Proyas, you know, who did The Crow in Dark City. But a little too dark, so who do you get? Who can handle dark and disturbing but comical? Barry Sonnenfeld. Barry Sonnenfeld would have been the new director of Batman Unchained, and then they would have tried to get Michael Keaton to reprise his role. This is my this is my fever dream. They would have tried to bring Keaton back, but he wouldn't want to do it because Burton wasn't involved. But much like Sean Connery had already left James Bond, so they brought in um, George... Lazenby to be Jay's Bond for Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Um, Which she was great at it. He was a good James Bond. It was a really good movie. Uh, But then Sean Connery came back for the next one. Because he was was just like, well, I want to be Jay's Bond again. So he came back. So I think they could have got Michael Keaton back. Um, They would have had a problem with it because Burton wasn't directing. Uh, But if they were able to secure Jack Nicholson to come back as the Joker then I think Keaton would have been on board, you know? And, like, so what you're talking <coughs> about is, right, where, like, they were going to have a big scarecrow fear-induced yeah. uh, dream where they brought back not just, they brought back everybody. They were yeah. talking about bringing back uh, Riddler and Two-Face and Mr. Freeze and having all of them in this dream sequence with it culminating in a jack nicholson yeah. uh, joker face off. i feel like they should drop all that though i feel like and, that's, I mean, it's they too close did. especially bringing yeah. back mr freeze nobody cares the movie just happened you know the, the big thing is that you not only bring back the joker but you bring back jack nicholson as the joker but you also have to take the movies away from the past two super fun ones with schumacher so that's why i feel like someone like sonnenfeld would have kept the family friendliness but also made it gritty again you know, he could have bring it. He could, he could have brought the darker back, but failing getting Keaton on board, who would have been the new Batman? 
So now this I think would have been 1999, maybe 2000. Okay. Yep. Brandon Fraser. Brandon Fraser's not <laughs> hot bad. off the mummy. Hot off the mummy. He's the new white guy. He's perfect age. Not too much older than uh, Chris O'Donnell, I feel like, so that would have been a problem. Maybe yeah, a little was... bit of an issue, but they don't care. So Brandon Fraser would have been a new Batman. <laughs> they would have brought Jack Nicholson back um, for the Joker. Uh, Chris O'Donnell would have definitely returned as Robin, but yeah, I feel like Alicia Silverstone would have been, Batgirl would have been completely written out, not even mentioned. Like, I nope. feel like she just wasn't brought back. Yeah. So now who's Scarecrow? I didn't even think of Nicolas Cage. I didn't know about that. I think that's a good choice, obviously. But I think that would have been too hard Tommy Lee Jones and too... Uh, I just think he would have brought the same manic energy in a way that we've already seen and we saw that maybe didn't work for the two of them, Jim Carrey and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. So I think Scarecrow, Jonathan Crane, would have been Michael Douglas. <laughs> what? Yes, because it was the late 90s. He was hot off stuff too. You know, He's, he's a big thing. They wanted someone to match Jack Nicholson's presence you know what i mean so you want another classic actor i think michael douglas would have been the scarecrow with brennan fraser as batman and jack nicholson returning for the joker with barry sonnenfeld directing that is batman unchained the fifth movie in the batman quadrilogy <laughs> uh he would have been 56 when this is right movie. around the game yeah he was he was uh, about 56 a little bit before wonder boys but See, right around that sweet spot where he was very known, you know. When you uh, <clears throat> when you asked me to do some dream casting for a fifth Batman movie, I I went crazy with yeah, that. Yeah, I want to hear it. Um, and so I wasn't sure if you wanted to do today actors or 2000s actors, so I went with both. Okay. Um, and mine's a little cheaty. Like, I almost don't want to... It's almost cringeworthy like who i picked who but been, i totally i'm thinking 90s i mean like who would have been picked at that time tom cruise yeah like <coughs> so the way these like movies were was, going but he was like considered for batman i feel like when the first movie came out you know what i mean because he was a young white actor and he was popular and i think he already turned it down that's why i didn't choose him because he had already was, turned it down and he wasn't going to come to this franchise now i was going with fantasy yeah um but a big young actor at that time, Freddie Prince Jr., would have made an excellent Robin. Ugh. Yeah, but I think Chris O'Donnell would have come back. I think he and Gordon and Alfred would have been the consistents for the rest of the franchise. If they and made he was just one. too old for me. Yeah, like, he was. But in he would have come back. Like, would they have oh, bothered yeah. recasting him? I don't. know. I went with fan casting here. Yeah. And the way that they were pulling giant named stars for Batman and Robin, I say they would have continued pulling giant named stars. I mean, Schwarzenegger made $25 million for this movie. Oh, he got first billing, too. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But George Clooney, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Uma Thurman, Chris O'Donnell, Alicia Silverstone, like, those right. were some of the biggest names then. Yeah. Uh, well, who would have been uh, um, Scarecrow? Nick Cage. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, yes. Um, and then Drew Barrymore as the Harley character. I say no to Johnny Depp because he was with Burton making Sleepy Hollow. Uh, you know what I mean? And that yeah, he was so more of Johnny. He was that. more of Burton's way of thinking that he wasn't ready for the um, franchise yet. 
like he was an artsy actor. I in did 90, fan casting. <laughs> fan You're like casting. Wizard, Wizard Magazine doing their casting of movies. Remember how good some of those were? Yeah, and we thought they were real. Like we were telling people like, oh yeah, D- D- Nicole Kidman's going to be Jean Grey. Can you believe that? <laughs> but he, but I remember, and I could be wrong, but I remember that time that um, Robert Downey Jr. was pretty much always Iron Man in their casting. Mm. You know, it was an obvious one. And then when he actually was, we were just like, of course, we knew this for like ten, fifteen years. No. Uh yeah. Uh. So I also did twenty twenty picks. Okay. Uh, who would you cast as Batman if it was today? Taylor Lautner. No, wait, the other one from Twilight. <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Ha, 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 ha. I, ha. who, Batman and Robin, t- Batman and Chain today, is that what you're saying? Yeah, just like, who would be a good actor for nowadays? I don't know. I am so hardcore on this choice. Tell me. And it is it is just another bit of fan casting, whatever. What, but what role? I, as Batman. As Batman, okay. I, I love Carl Urban. Carl Urban as Batman, yeah. I love him. He was I mean, that would be very drag. Ben Affleck-ish, his Batman. He's got the... You know what I mean? I feel like he'd be better. Yeah. I think he's a better actor than Ben Affleck. I don't know. That's Maybe. a hard one. I mean, he was so good in Star Trek. Yeah, he was. Uh, and I then don't, you know, I saw him in Pete's Dragon that we just watched recently. Did you see that with Robert Redford? Carl Urban's in that. Never watched that? No. Yeah. He just kind of is um, a little typecasted. I don't know. He kind of plays the same role all the time, I feel like. That's just his thing. I don't know. I mean... I'd be okay, yeah. Like with the boys in Dread, <clears throat> yeah, it's the tough leading man. But a lot of times he's like a secondary character. And... Yeah. He's a good supporting character. Yeah. Uh, did you see Dread? How about Michael Shannon as Batman? <laughs> Wouldn't that be fucked up? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I know Michael Shannon well enough, but everybody talks about him like he's... Yeah. I'm good well, I watched... Um, we, we saw him a lot in Boardwalk Empire. Uh, I mean, I had known him in some movies before that. And of course he was in the Superman movie. But um, he was oh. a big character in Boardwalk Empire, so that's how my wife and I know him really well. Wait, that's Michael Shannon? Yeah. He was Zod. He was Zod? Yeah. Wasn't he just in Knives Out? Yes, he was in Knives Out. <laughs> I yeah. liked him a lot in that. Who would have been Scarecrow? Did you just pick Nick Cage in the late 90s? Uh, No, I did Johnny Depp. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. But um, would Jack Nicholson have come back for the Joker? Do you think? No, I think he would because Nicholson was is there for the payday. Like he's my favorite actor of all time, yeah. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, for sure. Um, but he's not an idiot. You know what I mean? So he would do the same thing he did on Batman, and that he was like, "Yeah, pay me this much, which is a lot, but I also want you know some on the back end." You know, so he made a fortune off Batman because he was smart about it you know he knew so I think he'd be there for the money but he'd also enjoy bringing the character back after like 10 years or so like it wouldn't just be a paycheck for him but it would certainly be a paycheck for him and that's why I think they could have got Jack Nicholson to come back um <clears throat> did I tell you the Richard Dreyfus Oscar story no 
I think it was Richard Dreyfuss. Richard Dreyfuss had just finished winning an Oscar for, I want to say, Best Actor. Mr. Holland's Opus. Uh, Did he win for that? He may. I'm, I'm looking it up now because I don't remember. So bear with me while I look up Richard Dreyfuss's career. Um, who I love Richard Dreyfuss, by the way. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's getting so a little too at the moment, but whatever. He Richard what? Um, you know, I don't. You don't want to make excuses, but it's like him and um, Dustin Hoffman, all those guys. Well, Hoffman, yeah, but they I were just. It was the '60s. It was the '70s. It was just a little bit of the macho. You know the way they treat women, and I think it's coming back to haunt them now. So, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that if that makes them bad guys, but everybody wants to just drag them down for it. I don't know. Like he showed his dick to somebody back in like seventy two or whatever. You know, I don't know. That's that's fair. So, best actor, goodbye girl. He was nominated for Mr. Helen's Opus. Okay, but it looks like he one for goodbye girl What's anyway unless it was roy schneider it was somebody from jaws um roy but... schneider schneider no n no n sorry sorry <laughs> yeah Mr. go ahead schneider. uh they're they just got their award they're still holding their oscar and they get into the elevator to go downstairs after getting off stage and jack nicholson gets into the uh elevator and he's sitting in the back and he's not talking and nobody's talking and everybody's thinking oh, it's jack nicholson um and the door to the elevator opens and he jack nicholson starts walking by whatever actor it was and he says bet you're glad that i didn't act in anything this year huh and then kept walking <laughs> so That's just telling the guy that won the oscar yeah yeah Jack Nicholson's great. He's just one of those guys, you know. His shtick wouldn't wouldn't fly nowadays. I get that, yeah. but damn, was he good in the seventies? Like, uh, oh, well, Easy Rider, of course. But I love, um, uh, shoot. Oh God, he's five, in five so easy much. pieces. Have you ever seen five five easy pieces? Oh, it's no. really good. That's definitely when he like took off, and then of course he won the Oscar for. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and all that good stuff. So, yeah. So, he's always been pretty much my favorite. Yes. Anyway. Uh, I like the Jack Nicholson. There you go. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, that's <clears throat> us covering the 1990s Batman sequels. Yeah. And I can't believe we're all done with those. That's yeah. Okay. We got done pretty quick. Yeah. Um, what are we going to be covering I have in no idea. But weeks? I think whatever we do next should not involve four movies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so a, a quick little series. What if we just pick one that's a legitimate sequel and that's it? No franchise, just like a sequel. You know uh, I, mean? I don't know why this popped into my head, but it might be important that we do it. And if we're taking turns picking, then yeah, it's my turn. What do you turn. want to do? Color of Money. Oh, okay. And it might be one of my favorite Scorsese's. Really? Okay. Um, but I've never seen The Hustler. And so this is a good reason yeah. to sit down and watch The Hustler. Yeah, I don't think I've seen The Hustler either. Okay, let's do it. We'll do it. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Yeah, just a little one-off episode on The Color of Money. I like it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be great. And then after that, we can do, like, all eight Hellraiser movies or some shit. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, because the first movie is the only good one. 
See, that's the other thing. Like, we can choose a lot of franchises, but what franchise is the second movie really good? You know? Like, Alien, there you go. Yeah. Batman Returns, really good. Yeah. I wouldn't say Aliens is as good as... I wouldn't say Batman Returns is as good as Aliens. It's not not exactly classic, but still a good film. Yeah. Like, I mean... And I don't want to go anywhere near Star Wars. Yeah, that's... It's too much. Maybe if we run out of movies 20 yeah. years from now and we're we, striving for something, we'll be like, all right, let's do Star Wars. Yeah, that'll be a fun <laughs> event and we'll be ridiculous about it, but yeah, right. not to start with. So yeah, anyway, next week, Color of Money, and uh, thanks for listening to Yeah, thanks for listening. I can't assholes. believe we made it through all of uh, the Batman movies. I kind of feel a little tear coming on. Yeah, yeah. Um, then and we weren't able to get a Brendan Fraser Batman. I feel bad about that. And the Batman and Robin is a secret classic. Um, it's <laughs> I nice. Don't, I don't know if I would go that far. It's but one it's thing I like. Definitely watchable more than people would like to remember it being. Yeah, uh, it's it's a dream, and getting to watch these movies with a more critical eye because we're going to be talking about them. It lets you really appreciate some different elements of the film than you normally would. If you totally. were just watching it for entertainment. Hey, how did Batman know that behind the frozen food was the button that... Like, I think he literally used the words like, oh, obviously. And he said, here we go. Because <laughs> they walk in and they're talking. Like, yeah, it's a poison. Yeah, there's... And he looks around and he goes, here we go. <laughs> and he uh, did it. How did he know that? To close out, I want to read through some of my notes real quick. All right. Um, when Alfred looks up the picture of his brother, it zooms in on the brother, mm-hmm. and then a little arrow pops up, even though Alfred's brother's the only one on screen. Yes. An arrow pops up That's and him. points at him. Um, in a movie where the butler is looking for his long-lost brother, who's also a butler, mm-hmm. that's a better movie. Like, I want to see Alfred traveling the world trying to find his brother. Right. Uh, Penny, Pennyworth. Like, have you ever seen Pennyworth the show? No. Do you know about it? Yeah. My parents watch it. It is extremely violent. Really? And he's like a secret agent. And it has literally nothing to do with Batman except his parents are in it. Yeah. Like Martha and Thomas Wayne. And they're also like secret agents or some shit. I don't know. It's so bizarre. There's no reason for it to be connected. No. Anyway. There's no reason at all. But yeah, I could go with that. He searches Uh... out his long lost brother. So we didn't really spend much time talking about El McPherson, but yeah, Bruce well, has been talk about dating a woman for a year. She has no idea he's Batman. He's a sociopath. Um, there are four security guards chasing Uma Thurman when she first meets Bruce Wayne. And so four security guards can't take her down. That's terrible. Well, they're trying to be nice to her. You know, they don't want to like manhandle her. Yeah, that's what security guards do is they just... They'll let you buy. Yeah, they really they want to be usually nice. don't let you get that close to the millionaire. The billionaire. Uh, Batman knowingly putting hundreds of people in danger. And then just telling the commissioner, you've got 11 minutes to yeah. unfreeze these people. And then he should have said, like, I'm sorry, six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Bruce Wayne having dinner. Been dating the girl for a year. Literally, his girlfriend is saying, this has to change. Yes. We have to become more serious. And he's literally just daydreaming about Uma Thurman the whole time. Like, he hates this girl. Yeah. He's not into her. It's not you. It's me. 
when they're breaking uh, Mr. Freeze out of prison, uh, they could have just shot Bane, but they decided not to. They <clears throat> yeah, they didn't really guns. use guns at all. At the very end, they did. Yeah. Yep, when they have already jumped Yeah, then he, of... one of them just fires wildly. Yeah. Air. How did they survive that fall? That was amazing. They, they did a great job. I would kill anybody. And it was probably cold as shit. Um, there is actually a weird cut to Mr. Freeze in the middle of this movie that happens for no reason. Um, oh God, I wish I, all my notes say is a weird cut to Mr. Freeze, but they do a thing where they go from Uma Thurman Mm -hmm. and then they cut to Mr. Freeze and all Mr. Freeze is doing is like getting ready in his lab. So it just shows him like picking up a gun and like hitting a button and then it cuts back to Uma Thurman. Mm. It was the weirdest cut I've ever seen. Sorry. Wish I could have remembered that more. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, yeah, my notes weren't that great. All right. I will talk to you soon. Yeah. And uh, next time we'll talk about the color of money. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. Have a great day and we'll talk to you soon.